Lauren. Thanks for listening to the Adulting is Easy podcast, where we make adulting easier by making money easier. This is your host, Lauren. Please rate and review. I'm joined today by Mark Holmes. He and his wife, Bree, started investing in one long-term rental and two short-term rentals in April, June, and October of this year, 2022. They both work W-2 jobs and have leveraged Mark's 401k via loan and two withdrawals to kickstart their real estate investing journey. They're also exploring opening up a flower shop. Their goal is to have enough cash flow to have the option to retire by the end of 2025. Mark and Bree have a golden retriever named Tatum and had their first baby boy, Jackson, in September. Thanks for joining me, Mark. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited. And I do want to let everybody know that this episode is sponsored by Steadily Insurance. Steadily covers so many kinds of properties, single family, multifamily, vacant, restorations, apartment buildings, condos, even manufactured homes. Get this, they also cover Airbnbs and VRBOs. If you rent property to others, support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes and getting a quote. Our goal for today is to make adulting easier for listeners by discussing a personal finance topic since managing money is a big part of adulting. Today, Mark, you and I are going to talk about having both long-term rentals and short-term rentals in your investment portfolio. But first, can you please tell me what made you want to get into real estate? Sure. Yeah. So I think the the origin story for us was, you know, COVID originally happened. Uh, we were in Cincinnati at the time. Um, so my W-2 did massive amount of layoffs and we had a home we had just purchased like earlier that year. I mean, my wife had her job and she was pretty safe. But for me, it was like, am I going to get laid off? Like, what am I going to do? Do I have to start scrambling on LinkedIn and I'm looking for jobs? And I think, you know, luckily I ended up holding my job and, you know, a few of my really close friends did get laid off and, and had to pursue other careers. So that was kind of like the aha moment for me. Uh, start Googling, you know, all right, alternative streams of income, stumble across like your, your rich dad, poor dads, your Brandon Turner's bigger pockets, kind of like, okay, what do I do here? You know, you start reading. I, I'm a big Audible guy. So started looking into Rich Dad, Poor Dad on Audible. Then it rolled into, you know, your Gary Kellers and your your Brandon Turners. And I'm starting to read all these books. And I'm like, okay, so take action. Everybody kind of says that, right? So for yeah. me, it was, what do I do? So first step for me was, okay, familiar market, long-term rental, we had just left Cincinnati to move back to Massachusetts. And I said, you know, we always like to go on down to Covington, which is right over the bridge from Cincinnati. So for us, I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to start looking down here. So that's really where I started. And and that's where I got the first long-term rental. So That's, I'm sorry that it started that way, but that's a really great real world, world example for people. I think a lot of people, when they have a W-2 job, they think it's secure. But if you think about it, you're only getting paid from kind of one person, one company. When you right. have, you know, short-term rentals, long-term rentals, side hustles, all these other things going on, it, you can have your W-2 also, which I still do, right? But I have, you know, a couple different streams of income. So that's that's great. So a long-term rental in your area, that's how I started as well, makes a lot of sense. How did you decide which one to buy and how did that process go? Yeah, so very green. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of kind of trial and error. So I started with kind of the neighborhood we had lived in, and we we sold our primary home to move back to Massachusetts. So we were actually weren't physically there when I started looking, believe it or not. Um, and I was kind of like, all right, I know Covington. It's a little bit cheaper than Cincinnati, but it also has a lot of boom potential. Uh, they're building the big Amazon warehouse development there. I, knew, I know a lot of jobs are going there. So I kind of went, okay, let me try to find a few realtors in the area. 
uh, talked to a few different ones, kind of interviewed them. And then I found uh, a realtor who was great. Um, she, she's a spitfire, man. She was all over it. She's texting me, calling me. And I was like, this is great. She's doing the FaceTime videos with me of the houses. And, and finally I found that one, you know, through her MLS system and I'm checking Zillow too. So we're kind of doing back and forth. So we both found this property. She went and walked it. It was kind of a lingering property, which is kind of what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for, you know, something that was right hot on the market and you had to go over asking at this point in time. And this is April, uh, kind of time frame 2022. Um, so this one was lingering a little bit, been on for, I think, 45 ish days and kind of came in a little bit under guy kind of countered and met him somewhere in the middle. And, and that's how I got my first one. So, yeah. So you started with a long-term rental and then it you did. kind of quickly transitioned to short-term rentals. What brought that about? Yeah. So I had one of my close friends had a long-term in, in Savannah. And he had just gotten two in Florida, actually. So one in Punta Gorda and then one in Port Charlotte. And just kind of talking to him, just, you know, I think we were at a brewery with our, our wives and just kind of talking. He's like, yeah, man, you got to look more into short-term rentals. And I went, okay. Yeah. So I, I did. I was just, you know, stumbling across Avery Carl. And I started kind of like seeing what she was doing and listening to some of her interviews. And then I just, you know, kept kept with it, kept studying on it, uh, listening to optimize your Airbnb, kind of seeing like all the different perspectives on it. And then I said, okay, well, I was going to wait a year. My wife is like, don't jump into anything too crazy. That's just how my mentality is, is like, once I learn about it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to jump. And if I figure it out, I figure it out. If I fail, I learn. And so I did. And I kind of started looking again. I went to kind of a familiar market. I went up to the the mountains in, in that New England, New Hampshire, Maine area. I found a couple of different realtors and they're sending me stuff. And I found like a log cabin that had been listed for a while and, and it was kind of lingering and I wasn't sure why I reached out. It was an Airbnb that already existed. It was fully furnished. So I got the information on Airbnb. I found it and I actually messaged the owner. Um, and this is before our realtors even talked. And I just asked her, I said, hey, would you be willing to you know, meet and, and kind of talk about your Airbnb and your experience doing it? Turns out she was just buying the property across the street. So like she was building on the land. So she's building the cabin across the street. She's using the money from that log cabin to fund it. So I was like, oh, great. So she literally sat with me, helped me get on the platform. She let me copy and paste everything, even to her professional photos over. And she's like, Here, here's how you do it. Um, this is what I do. You can change it and, and you know do your own thing. But she said, you can literally have everything all the way down to the silverware in there. And I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> so kind of, kind of luck, kind of not luck. Uh, luck by happenstance. She just happened to be you know, selling it, but, uh, luck in a way of, you kind of make your own luck sometimes too. Right. So by going down that road and, and looking and searching and, and just taking that action and taking the initiative to ask her, that's kind of where it gets, gets done. So. Yeah. I love that. That is so cool. How just kind she was and helpful. Oh my God. And yeah. I think I would I think I would probably do the same thing if I was selling my place because you you put whenever you're a short term rental owner, you put a lot of time, effort, money into everything from, you know, the property itself, but the landscaping, the paint, the furnishings, all of that. So I could see wanting somebody to kind of take it over from there. 
And what's interesting too, a couple of things you said. One, I like that your realtors are really good because they're sending you stuff. I can't tell you, I've had a few different realtors and I don't think I've ever bought a property that I didn't find, right? That somebody sent to me first. So that was huge. The second thing is the lingering listings. We have bought we have three properties we have like a total of 12 doors two of them were lingering for a very long time six eight nine months and even one of those was in 2021 that it kind of lingered out there for a while and one we bought kind of like the first week we went under contract on so that's cool too and something that i think is really interesting that people should think about is specifically looking for those because you know there may be a reason it's sitting but sometimes there's not sometimes people just start thinking oh it's been on the market a long time i don't want that one because nobody else wanted it yeah, so I think that's something I specifically filter for, like on your Zillows or on your, you know, whatever platform you use. And it's just, you don't know until you ask the question. So you might have some significant issues with them. So sometimes that happens. But I mean, if you don't go down that rabbit hole, then you won't ever find out. So absolutely. So what so that was successful then. And that's why you wanted to get the other one. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't put much trial into it. Right. So I got, got it up and going. I got Airbnb going, I got VRBO doing and, and it's, it's not as much as you think. I manage it myself. I had talked to this with my wife and we're kind of like, well, do you have like an evolve come in or somebody and, and, and they do the messaging and the management. And I, she was the one who was like, Hey, you know, we can do this. It's communication. She's like, you know, get your handyman, get your cleaner you know, interview them, get your systems in place. And she's like, we can, we can do the messaging. Like it's not that hard, Mark. And I went, okay, all right, fine. Like I'm thinking in the long-term way of, okay, I have a property management team that's local and they handle everything and they call me if something were to come up. So she said, no, let's just try it out. So I did it and I actually really enjoy doing it. So I have like the quick replies saved and I have like a pretty, robust system. Like I said, I, I listened to that optimizer Airbnb. So it's kind of like the same thing over and over again, like messaging them ahead of time, messaging them after they checked in after a day and, you know, saying, Hey, you know, please leave a five-star review after, you know, hope you enjoyed the yep. stay. And so it, it's simple and it's repeatable. So it's something you can get better at over time. So that was going really well, small sample size. Um, and I said, you know, the market's not trending so well for my 401k. I really think if I can get one more, that gets a really good foundation as we move forward. And at this point, she was like, you know, first that long-term rental, that was kind of like a longer conversation of like me being the salesperson to her. Second yeah. one, she's like, well, this is really cool because we can use it too. And um, and then the third one, she was like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> she's like, so it's like, <laughs> All right, like we're we're in. Uh, this is like the the thought process, the mindset we have is like, how do we, you know, build this thing out further? Um, I think so. um, I think that's something that a lot of couples that get into real estate deal with. I had to drag my husband, almost kicking and screaming, not into real estate investing or into short term rentals, but into this particular property, just because it was, you know, one hundred and nineteen years old and needed a lot of work. <laughs> After yeah. that, he's like, we need to cash out refi. We need to get that cash back up. We need to buy another one. Like it was like I was like, dang, I didn't even think of that. So so we did that, and then he also found the uh, six unit apartment building we bought last year, and was like, we're doing this home run, no question. So that's that's really funny. So the the second short term rental she found, not the agent, she found it. 
I was looking, my agent sending me stuff. I had kind of done some FaceTime videos with them and it's like, yeah, I don't really like any, I don't love any of these. I kind of, I'm a gut feel guy too. So I was kind of like, no, like it could be profitable, but it doesn't have like a, it doesn't pop. Uh, it doesn't really give that like homey cabiny vibe that I'm looking for in that main New Hampshire area that is so appealing to people staying up there. Yep. I know, I know my family did it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, she found this one. She's like, what, what about this? And I said, Oh, that one's really cool. And then I looked and it had been on forever and I just didn't have it filtered for, it was like a, a one bath and three bedroom, one bath. And I was looking for two and, you know, three, I was like, Oh, okay. And then, so I reached out and I talked to the owner again and I said, okay, would you be willing to leave it furnished? And sure enough, he did. Um, so it was kind of the same situation. He's building the land next door and he was selling that one to build his new ranch because he didn't want to go up and down the stairs anymore. So yeah, it, it got worked it. out really well. What I wanted to point out for people too is you guys have jobs. You have a dog, you have a baby, you're going to open a flower shop, right? This is what you can do while also managing your own short-term rental, okay? It, it can be systematized and, and it can actually get done. And I, I talk about that all the time. I use OwnerRes, so I actually have like some, you know, background software. I don't, I don't do it natively in the apps anymore, but that's something that I want people to really understand. Um, but I do want to ask, I have to ask. Do you think, you know, withdrawing from your 401k, so there's a 10% penalty for that, right? And your yeah. 401k was already down and you took a loan, so you can take a $50,000 loan on it and then you withdrew, did some withdrawals. Do you like 10 out of 10 recommend that for people? I think it depends. It depends on your situation, your mindset, your, you know, willingness to, to take a shot on yourself. I'd like to say I bet on myself. Um, so this is a different kind of foundation where I was 21 right out of school. I think I graduated on a Friday. was at work on a Monday. I put the max in since I was what, 21 years old. Um, I'm 32 now. So I, I'd been maxing it out to, to the best of my ability wow. with the company match. Um, so I had a significant amount kind of had saved up over time. So it does work and it is, you know, ebbs and flows of it. I just got to a point where I was like, I gotta, I gotta do more. I gotta bet on myself. I want to grow this. The way I look at real estate specifically is it compounds in a different way. So you can 1031 your way up. If you want to go bigger, um, you're, you're doing that loan pay down. So that's appreciation loan pay down where you get more equity. And then, you know, for us selfishly, like, we can use it too, which is great. So now we can take the family up to Maine or New Hampshire, which is really cool for us. Um, friends, yeah, so, uh, family. So you're, you're basically sleeping in your 401k. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if you want to look at it like that, yeah. I mean, but there's some, there's some people that, you know, it, it might not be the right move for them. Like if, if you can live with, Hey, I did this. I took a shot on myself and, you know, I'm seeing the benefits of it. Even if you're not as successful as you think, I mean, you know, it's, it's up to each person. There's somebody who might just say, I, I want to keep it there. Um, I want to, you know, be safe. That's their prerogative. So not, a, not everybody's built for that. I think you have to have more of a creative mindset and uh, I don't know how to describe it otherwise, like a bet on yourself kind of kind of thing so well that's the proverbial you need to be able to sleep at night 
right? You need to know if yeah. this doesn't work out and it's not a home run, am I going to be able to sleep? I don't know. Right. And I sleep pretty well. It's, you know, you might get a message at 1130. I don't know how to use the thermostat, but then you go, okay, well, how do I automate this message to, to show yeah. or give a video instruction on how to get that away? So that's those kind of failures I look at is like, okay, now I'm just getting better at this. So now I'm like, I don't okay. get messages. I don't get messages at night. I have my D&D settings on my phone so that people can get through with a certain, but a certain kind of Keyword. couple of things have to happen for that. Um, but I don't get messages overnight for the most part. I do get the thermostat question, which blows my mind because there's a QR code like within an inch of the thermostat that says scan this to work this. And people still message me and I'll be like, did you see the QR code? They're like, oh my gosh, yes. So, you know. Yeah, you I, mean, some, you lose some I was just gonna say nine times out of ten, you're probably fine though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. And if I miss the if I miss the thermostat or so if I miss something like that overnight, you know, no harm, no foul. They'll probably yeah. be okay. Or they'll figure it out, they'll Google it, right? Instead of instead of immediately coming to me. There's something to be said for that. Just let them figure it out. Wait an hour. Don't impulsively respond back because you feel like you have to. Sometimes they do figure it out. Right. Sometimes I do wait. Yeah. Sometimes I wait, but sometimes it's an accident, like I'm on a call for work or something and they have to wait. So I wanted to mention too, you can buy real estate in a retirement account. This is just for listeners information. I believe it has to be an IRA and there's crazy rules and compliance for it. You aren't allowed to physically do any work yourself. For example, all of the cash flows have to remain within that Roth IRA. So you can do that as an option. Um, I'm not, I'm not, ca- I'm not, in any way saying you sh- you should do that or you shouldn't use your 401k to invest in real estate. I'm not saying any of that, just as an FYI to people. And my husband and I have done both. We've decided to, we have dialed down our 401ks. We were, ma- were maxing ours out for a few years there and we kind of realized this is not where we want our money. So we're just getting the match now. And I do sort of wish, wish we did that sooner, wish we took the bigger leap into real estate and committed more to it earlier on, but we're kind of fixing that now. I think everybody in real estate says the same thing. Wish yeah, I had done it sooner, right? right? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I know right. I am. You're right. Yeah. So with these uh, two short-term rentals, one long-term rental, what's the monthly cash flow like right now? Yeah. So I kind of ran some numbers here. Just it's a smaller sample size on the, you know, I really the whole portfolio, but like the long-term rental is pretty fixed. Um, other than your, you know, maybe quarterly filter changeouts, but that's five seventy a month after you take into account the rent minus the property management fee at 8% minus the mortgage taxes and um, all the, the tenant pays all, all utilities. So, and they're there through June next year, a couple of seniors in a local college nearby. Uh, So very happy with that. And they're two cats. So, so Uh, there's, um, there's a mortgage on that. It is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty good. Okay, cool. Yeah. So 570. Um, So I'll go to the, New Hampshire cabin. So this one, again, small sample size. So I've only really had August, September, October, and now November. Average cash flow, two thousand a month. Wow. So it's nice. just under two thousand. Yeah, it's like nineteen, nineteen or something like that. And this is taken into account. You know, you're, I'm paying all utilities. I'm paying. You know, my my landscaper slash snow removal uh, professional. You know, your cleaners at least the cost out per clean, I still make money on the clean. Um, not a ton, but you still make money. Um, and then, you know, you got your, I think, uh, you know, your electricity, your cable, all that stuff. Um, 
and it's still taken just under 2k a month which is fantastic yeah yeah so in a year you've taken money that was locked up until you were 59 and a half and created $2,500 a month of cash flow, at least, right? Because there's one more property. And that's well. where I was going to get to. Yeah. So uh, so I have the main one right now. And again, this is a really small sample size because I didn't really start it until mid-October. So mid-October into November. So I put 700 down so far. And I honestly think I can get that up to that 2000 mark, similar to the New Hampshire cabin. It's just a matter of proving it. So I didn't want to fake the cash flow. Um, I did have a couple of hiccups along the way too. So, I mean, I had a couple of cap shingles come off in a storm. <laughs> I had a yeah. furnace uh, flex hose that was leaking that my handyman had to go over and repair. Uh, and then I had him help me install the Starlink too. So those expenses like do add up, but it for me, sometimes it's easier just to be like, just do this. I, I don't want to drive up. It's four hours for me. So it's far enough away where I'm not going to go up and do stuff. <laughs> it's like that's yeah, why no, i have the sure. handyman yeah yeah our uh, our six unit apartment building is two and a half hours away so we will go up our goal is to go up quarterly and stay and just check on things meet with the cleaners things like that um, my uncle's a handyman and he lives in that county so oh, nice. we tend to send him uh he's, he doesn't move super quick but he, he gets over <laughs> there it takes care of stuff yeah. um, so that's awesome so let's say I'll, let's say you do get to two thousand on the third one won't hold you to it obviously, but you're at basically 4,500 bucks. And we heard in your bio that you want to be, have the option to retire yes. by the end of 2025. What's the cash flow goal for retirement? Yes, yeah, so I think, and I think a lot of people will tell you the magic number is 10,000 safely. Um, I don't think sure. it needs to be. Um, I would say it at least needs to be 60% of my W2. So whatever that is in by 2025, 60%. But like right now, I'd say after tax, it's really only $6,000. So it's it's pretty close for me. And I'm not taking into account my wife's income at all. I'm just talking about me specifically. Um, and I'll get into that later with the, the flower shop talk. But um, so for, for me, that's a very realistic goal. I think I have my goal board up over here and I put two, two next year and two the year after, and then you'll have well above that. And safety buffer, but really it only has to be one next year and one the following year to get retired if I want to by 2025. And I'm not saying I'm going to do that. I just like to have the option to do that. Yeah. And you'll be, so you'll be 35 then. Is that right? I'll be 34. So the flower shop, is yes. this something that you guys are going to do? It, like, is your wife going to stop her W2 job and that's going to be like her job or is this a 2025 thing? What's going on with that? Yeah. So this is, so we had our son Jackson, um, uh, in September. So she's on maternity leave through the end of the year. Um, so I said, well, what would you want to do if you didn't want to go back to work? Cause I told her, you don't have to go back to work. Like if you don't want to, you can figure it out. Uh, I'd like to do something with flowers. So she said this a few months ago and then Obviously, I start looking at Flippa, Biz by Cell, and I'm like, hey, well, there's this flower shop <laughs> yeah. uh, right, you know, 10 minutes away from our house. That's that's for sale. Lady's, you know, been there for 18 years. She's retiring. She wants to take her RV off into the sunset. She's 70 years old at this point. And I'm listening to, you know, Walker Diable and Buy Them Build and how acquisitions are easier than startups. And I'm kind of yes. like in that mindset mode, too. 
and she's like, well, yeah, like that would be really cool. <laughs> I said, All right, well, let's look into it. Do you mind if I call her? And she's like, yeah, yeah, go for it. So now we're at the point we're in that acquisition phase. So we have like the application going on for the SBA loan. We're um, talking to her daily. We're going to actually have to move the location down the street because the you know landlord doesn't want us to to stay there. So, I mean, it's, it's a ton of learning experience. And the way I look at it is even if she doesn't like our break even on the shop to start, even if she doesn't make money, we're okay. But uh, I mean, she's going to make money. Like we're going to do fine. She's going to run it day to day. I'm still going to keep my W2 as a fail safe, um, be more of a CFO. She's going to be the CEO, COO. And then uh, we're going to try to build it from there. There's no social media presence really on it. Um, so th- there's a lot of improvements that are like low hanging fruit that we feel we can take advantage of. So. Yeah, that's that's so exciting. We get a small taste of that. It's different. But my husband was the second employee at his engineering firm. And this was in 2019. And now there's, I don't know, seven or eight of them. And he's a 25% owner. So we sort of have the business ownership side of things through that. And it's interesting how much that helps the real estate and vice versa. And you really, because the real estate, sometimes it's Sometimes I think people forget that is a business too. That's an entrepreneurial venture too. And sometimes, you know, it, you just get in this business owner mindset and you're like, I kind of want to, I want to apply these, these thoughts somewhere else. I want to apply this thinking somewhere else. I mean, marketing, a part of any business. When we bought this bed and breakfast, it was a bed and breakfast, commercial bed and breakfast with a commercial license and everything. But same thing, no social media presence, wasn't on Airbnb or VRBO. I was like, man, if we buy this thing, we do just that. We're going to do better than she did probably, right? So that's awesome. I'm, I'm excited for you guys. And, and that's, that's super fun. Um, does your family know about the flower shop? They do. Yeah. So I've actually shown them, taken them by. Um, so the way we both grew up was kind of like, you're go to, go to school, work hard, get a good job, right? Save your money. That old school mindset. Um, so as I started doing this, they're supportive, but they're kind of like, like, are you done? Like, you're kind of yeah, like shocked. I, I, it's almost like slow down. You're crazy, yep. but we know you really study these things, and like when you talk about it, you're enthusiastic about it. So, like, we believe you. <laughs> and uh, I keep saying uh, I'm gonna just kind of go at my pace, and I'll show you like as I'm going along, like what I'm doing, and hopefully I can get them involved and see what they think, but. Uh, right now they're they're just kind of observing and being supportive but yeah they'll definitely be helping with the flower normal (laughs) oh good yes um yeah my my family my parents friends are all kind of the same way just like okay you do you you know and um that's why i i love uh, you know i'm pretty active on twitter and that's why i love that group and love these kinds of conversations because sometimes in just your regular day-to-day life you don't have people that you can talk short-term rentals or long-term rentals or opening businesses and things like that with. So, um, that's, I'm really happy for you guys. That's just, that's so exciting. But I mean, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit with the family. Like you just had the baby, you bought three rentals, you bought three rentals, your first three rentals, the same year you had the baby. And now you're going into like a full blown, like entrepreneurial venture. That's, that's incredible. But I do see why people be like, wow, that's a lot. It's a momentum thing, though. It's like once you have that mindset, it's a snowball effect. It's like if I'm not doing something like this now, I'm like I'm kind of bored. And not that my job's boring or anything like that. It's just more like I got to continuously 
challenge myself now. That's just kind of how my mindset shifted. And um, I used to put that into just my job. And now it's kind of like, well, you can do all these other things. There's there's a lot of time left in the day outside. of You are so right. And you don't know until you start working on your side hustles and stuff how much time there really is. Right. I can still I can work a full day. I can record a podcast. I can go on the Discord for Cashflow University. I can answer guest emails. I can talk to my cleaners. And then I can still, at the end of the day, watch an entire Tampa Bay hockey game or watch an entire Monday night football. I could still do those things. So I think I think that's awesome. Um, yeah. And so something you said very early in the conversation, Mark, was when you're listening to things, everybody's saying, take action. And that's something that I try to get through to listeners as well on this podcast is there any other advice other than just kind of the general take action for people that are thinking about getting into real estate right now? Yeah. So one of my buddies I work with, he always uses the term like Kentucky windage. It's like, you're not going to get everything exact. Like you got to just pick it up, give it a feel. Like it has to be kind of a gut feel. Like don't get me wrong, run your numbers, make sure you're you're doing your due diligence. But at some point you got to like, you got to have a feel for it. And if it doesn't feel right, you know, maybe just back off. But if it does, like, keep going. Like, that fear you have to get past to take action, it it takes – it's almost like anything else. It's repetition. The more you do it, the more comfortable you get doing it. Um, But taking that first step sometimes can be really tough for people. And and I get it because I've been that guy. Uh, And once once you kind of break through it, it it really makes a difference. And I think if if you have the right mindset for it, you can just continue to grow. So – that's what I would say. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Well, I was just going to say go with your gut, but I kind of already touched on that point. Um, so I think that's really it for me. All right. Well, why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah. So it's uh, my Twitter and Instagram are real Tatum 57. Not a huge social media presence. I didn't have social media for years until I started following all these real estate and you know, businesses and and things of that nature. So looking to build that, that'll be my next step. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll need to do that for the flower shop anyways. Yes, definitely. You can follow me. You guys can follow me on Twitter at adulting is easy. I started a YouTube channel. We did video record this. So if you are listening on audio and you want to see this too, you can. I'm also on Facebook. You can email me at realadultingiseasy at gmail.com. I am on Instagram at adultingiseasyreal. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Hopefully, Mark and I have made adulting a little easier for you.